0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, June 14th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or coming soon, Just Baseball. Check the link in the podcast description, guys or my more pop culture beat of things might be down your alley, perhaps, maybe, possibly, who knows. You can find that work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Credit, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But if this here On Padres podcast, though, which is the most important part, you can check out and follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined... Hit me up on there with any questions you might have, comments, concerns, whatever. I'll do my very best to get back to you and maybe even get back to you here on the show. You can send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. And in the review, if you send a question there, it's guaranteed to be answered. Got another one of those that I'm going to be answering on Wednesday because we got a lot to get through. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, one of the two. We, we we got a lot to talk about, guys, Be, be uh, this week. There's plenty of content to come. Um, Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And for today's episode, guys, we got a lot to talk about, for sure. It's a, it's a big kind of kind of Chucky episode. Hopefully it doesn't go too long, but uh, we'll be talking about this Mets series that didn't really go the Padres' ways, but there were some very positive outcomes that I want to talk about and some big takeaways from the series, especially from yesterday's game, which was a lot of fun, so don't worry. We'll we'll gush about that very much-needed uh, W for the Padres yesterday. And then going to begin my crossover with Paul Holden, the recently uh, new addition to the Lockdown family. You know, it's, it's been a little bit, but uh, he's the host of the Lockdown Rockets, Rocky's podcast, I'm going to begin the crossover, part two of it will go up tomorrow, and the beginning of it will go at the end of this. So guys, lots to get into, so let's get it rolling. Okay, so here's the thing. The funny thing is that the Padres lost 2 out of 3 games of the series, right? So that's not great, obviously. Uh not breaking any news there. They lose 2 to 3 on Friday and then they lose 1 to 4 on Saturday. Common denominator there, you can obviously tell, offense it has been struggling this year. Just a wide perspective of where the offense is currently ranking in all the, you know, the general kind of statistics in Major League Baseball, their 20th in batting average, not good. 7th on base percentage, very good, which is being bolstered by one Tommy Pham, who everybody wanted to DFA, you know, like a month ago. Uh, 13th in runs, eh, it's okay, it's okay. Home runs, 21st, and slugging percentage, 27th. We've talked about this enough. We talked about this at the beginning of the season when the Padres are struggling. They're one of the worst hitting teams in baseball with with uh, runners in scoring position when you compare other teams, especially with kind of the batters that they have, okay? So yeah, if you look up, say, the Mariners or the, the Royals or whatever, like, yeah, those aren't very good teams, but the fact that the Padres aren't doing well with runners in scoring position is not a good sign. I talked about last week why I think that Eric Hosmer and Will Myers should be looked at more and stop blaming Jerkson Profar, who has been bad. Don't get me wrong. That guy I put out a tweet the other day, he's like batting 178 over his last 18 games. That's really, really bad. But I do feel like to a degree, it's jerks in profile. It's not like he's supposed to be a star player. Eric Cosmer and Will Myers are supposed to be those kind of uh, pillars of offense for the team. Not the main guys, but definitely kind of holding down uh, the four, especially given that they are certainly getting paid a lot to do that, and they have not been doing that. And this weekend, they didn't do all that much either. Granted, on Friday, uh, it was Mr. Jacob DeGrom pitching, and he is, God, man, he is breathtaking to watch. Main takeaway from the weekend, Jacob DeGrom, still good. Uh, Unbelievable for him. He only gives up one hit. I know. I know everybody was thinking it, like, oh, no, is there no hitter happening? No, that didn't happen. He gives up one hit over six innings, walking none, no runs, striking out Ted. His ERA is currently sitting at (laughs) 0.56. Oh, God. That's hilarious. That's just hilarious. Um, The only uh, amount of offense they get from this game is from a two-run jack by Jake Cronenworth um, in the top of the seventh inning, allowing Tatis to score as well. Uh, and the biggest thing that I say is, Jake Cronenworth, I would argue, the most consistent offensive player uh, for the Padres this season. He's been making some weird errors lately, but you might be thinking, oh, it's Tatis. Yeah, Tatis has been the best guy, but I'm only saying in terms of the whole season. Jake Cronenworth has been good since the beginning. Yeah, he has a couple slumps every now and then, but Tatis wasn't good for like two weeks or so, and then he got hurt, so it really is Tatis that's been the most consistent, if we're being honest, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but uh, Jake Cronenworth has been awesome. But the rest of the lineup, Hosmer doesn't start in this game, but he goes 0-1. Myers goes one for three with two strikeouts. And then if we look at Saturday's game, Hosmer goes 0 for four. And then Will Myers goes one for three, which was very nice with a walk and a K. So I I, I, I was a little bit wrong. Will Myers had a decent weekend. Decent weekend. He's been somehow a little bit better than Eric Hosmer, who's, I, I mean, the ground ball rate is really scary at this point, guys. Like it, It's among some of the highest in the league. I don't know where the launch angle stuff went. Last year, it was 8.7, which was awesome. And then this year, it is 2.3, which is basically, yeah, I don't know what to say there. It's just really, really low. It's even lower than some of those years in Kansas City when he was hitting uh, the ball on the floor all the time. But at least like in Kansas City, he showed some type of, uh, I guess perseverance in that department, so it's really not great for Eric Hosmer right now. Uh, he's the one that I'm definitely more concerned about, especially as a bigger contract, and it's it's just weird. He just loves hitting the ball on the ground. What can I say? So Padres' offense has not been great uh, this year. That's basically the main takeaway, and it's just that I'm going to talk about this at some point, more about trade deadline candidates and all that, but my issue is that I don't know where you look for the offense necessarily, right? Hassan Kim isn't doing much at the plate, but he's a good defender. Trent Grisham just got back, and while he didn't do too much this weekend series, like he did just get back, in fairness. You know, and also Manny Machado, who, thankfully, maybe, maybe a little bit of a breakout coming for Manny Machado. I don't know. I feel like we've been saying this all season, uh, but he does have a decent series this weekend, culminating in a home run blast in this Mets game yesterday, which was very, very lovely to see. Uh, I'm hoping that he starts to blow up. I really am. I don't know. The team is going to be in a lot of trouble if Manny Machado all of a sudden just isn't going to start batting. But I'm just, I have not seen anything. Hard hit rate is highest, higher than it's been in previous years, even than last year. And sweet spot, all the freaking stats. Go look up StatCats if you want. It's all there. So I don't really know why he isn't doing all that well. It might be similar to, although not as bad as his twenty seventeen season with the Orioles, where he had like the worst luck in the in all of baseball. It was insane. He batted two thirty with a two ninety six on base percentage in the first half and then really brought it back up to a degree uh in the second half when he batted two ninety with three twenty-six on base. Not incredible on base numbers, but he was a lot better. And I remember during that time he had like the lowest babip among, like, star players in, like, years. It was insane. So Manny Machado just had one of the most unlucky times there. So maybe that's the case here. Maybe he's just having some bad luck and he's starting off slow. So I'm really not all that worried about Manny Machado, but I'm hoping that finally things are going to start going well for him and be the MVP that we know he can be. And also I want to quickly mention uh, Blake Snell got the start on Friday's game What did he do? Did he deliver? Was he as good as his last start? No, he was not. He goes four innings, giving up five hits, uh, which resulted in three earned runs. He also walked three and struck out four. His ERA currently sits at a 4.97 whip at 1.47. He's just been terrible. Here's the thing, though. With that game, it felt like he was cruising for most of it. It really did, and then it just kind of, he let up, and you have the first time, runners on first and second, and then he allows a balk to happen, which was, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I just don't understand balks, and this time, even I knew that was a balk that Blake Snell did. It was like kind of a little bit of a miscommunication. I thought they think that he was going to throw over to second base or first base when I was listening to the telecast on SNY. Uh, I had to listen there. I couldn't listen to my boy Don this weekend, because I'm on the East Coast, so it's blacked out. Um And then, as a result, the ball brings guys to second and third. And then Jacob deGrom, who's just doing it all, who has driven in more runs than allowed runs this year. Jacob deGrom. Yeah, I know. So he gets a big single there uh, to drive in two guys. And then they kind of take out um, Blake Snell. And I didn't—at 71 pitches, look, I know that he wasn't cruising through the game— But, and I know, and in fairness, in fairness to Jay Stingler, before I I like roast him or anything, which I'm not going to, I haven't had any negatives about Jay Stingler really at all this year. I know that the bullpen has been elite. Like, it's been one of the best in baseball, right? So I get why you are so inclined to quickly turn there. But still, at 71 pitches, I still think I would have rather tried to keep Blake Snell in. I don't know. And one last thing I want to say about Blake Snell is some people have been saying he might be mentally fragile and all these things and he's a little bit like a little kid and that he gets a little bit upset and he loses himself. I get it. He has that balk and all that stuff, but I just want to refrain from trying to make judgments on people's, you know, how they are personality-wise, not even personality-wise, but mental-wise, like the mental fortitude stuff. I don't know. That's just me. That's just a soft spot for me. And I often find that it's really, let's not play psychologist. I mean, one... This is a random analogy, but I remember watching, like, Hell's Kitchen years ago, right? And I remember people were getting mad at this one guy because the team just lost, uh, like, lost to the other team, right? They're in the break room and all that, and they're upset. And one guy's throwing stuff all over the room. He's yelling around. And then there's this one guy in the corner who's just sitting there, quiet, like, smoking a cigarette or whatever. And then the guy who's throwing stuff starts getting mad at him because he's like, why aren't you freaking out? What the hell? Do you not care? And the guy was like, no, I just cope with things in a different way. And it just goes to show you that people deal with and act differently, and we shouldn't use our own pre-existing biases or how our brains and minds work uh, to kind of uh, project on other people. We shouldn't assume that Blake's now that him losing it a little bit, looking a little bit flustered, was like he's mentally fragile now. It's like I, I I don't I don't necessarily know that. You know what I mean? And also, guys who look completely calm, maybe they're losing it. You know what I mean? Maybe they are, and maybe vice versa. So I just want to refrain from all that stuff. I saw that going around a little bit on the Twitter sphere and whatnot. And granted, I know Twitter sphere could be a little bit of a weird echo chamber that doesn't actually represent real life all the time. But alas, I feel still felt like I should mention it. Another thing I want to mention to you guys is something called Wealthfront. Look, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it. Easy, no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. They can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. How rad is that? Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash lockedonMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to wealthfront.com slash lockedonMLB. That's W-E-A. L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash be to start growing your savings. Alright guys, and now we are back talking a little bit more about my takeaways. I was a little bit scrambled and jumbled in the first part, so let me just say, Blake Snell, I I guess my takeaways from uh, so far are just that Blake Snell, let's not start making judgments on whether or not he's a little mentally soft and all that stuff. I'm still having some hope in him because I just think he's been so bad so far to start that he kind of has nowhere to go but up and then that the offense is g- based on where it's projected to be one of the worst in the league. It's not literally the worst in the league, but it's just not, especially when driving in guys, they've been just been terrible. But the things I want to talk about now is Saturday's game was arguably even more devastating because this was a good pitching performance, like an objectively good one. You can say Blake Snow was eh or whatever, and he just lost it at some point. Musgrove was very good for the Padres, but then unfortunately Marcus Stroman was just killing the Padres. And unlike Jacob deGrom... I don't feel like Marcus Stroman, he's a very good pitcher, though. Very skilled pitcher. He kind of toys with you a little bit at the plate. Uh, Obviously, very famous for his short frame and all that stuff. Um, Marcus Stroman goes six innings in this game. Six and a third's innings, actually, to be exact. Giving up six hits, but only one run, walking one, and striking out eight. His ERA on the season is 2.32, 1.08 whip. He's just been like a quality starts machine for them, going six innings. And it was tough to watch. It was very tough to watch. The only RBI that the Padres get in this game comes from Fernand Tatis Jr., who homers in this game, uh, which was cool off of uh Marcus Strowman. But like I said, it's Tatis and Cronworth out here. And then Tommy Fam as of late uh, has been really good, but it's just not not a great offense. And in this game, by the way, uh Tommy Fam goes three for four with a stolen base to boot, which was very nice. Tommy Fam has been absolutely phenomenal. Like, seriously, he's been absolutely excellent. While it's only eleven games in June so far, he's banging three thirteen with an on base percentage of four seventy six and a slugging of five thirty one. Wow, he even chipped in five stolen bases this so far this month. So the slugging's a little bit surprising. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think that he necessarily had that in him, but hey I love to see. I love to see. I'm not totally confident that he's going to keep that up with all surges. I've talked about this before, but uh love to see that from Tommy Fan. But back to the main discussion. is. I was talking about Joe Musgrove. He was good in this game. I forgot to mention. Six and a third's innings, only giving up three runs on four hits. The four hits is the, the most impressive thing. Walking one, striking out seven. Yet again, gets the loss, though. He's four and six on the season, and it is peak example of why wins and losses do not matter. Okay? It just doesn't matter. He's been excellent. He has a 2.5 ERA this year. Like, are you kidding me? His whip is under 1, 0.83, one of the biggest breakouts in baseball. So, wins and losses doesn't matter. And to a degree, I don't really care when he gets a loss. Like, I don't feel bad. I just don't think that that means anything. And I don't. I imagine that baseball analysts and scouts don't really think it means anything. Uh, but he looked good in this game. Does give up some runs, obviously. He gave up 3. Like I said, that's going to happen with, with Joe Musgrove, though. He gives up a home run early on in the game, a two-run home run, bottom of the first inning, which was a really bad sign of things yet to come from Francisco Lindor, who I guess you could say was deep. Uh, he sits a deep right center, absolutely crushed the ball. Um, big home run for him. I know he's been struggling, and I love him dearly. Uh, i not going to lie. So, hey, if anyone's going to get a hit, off of Padre. I appreciate it if it's Francisco Lindor. Uh, but he gets the hit there and he's pretty good for the rest of the game. He does have this fielders choice thing with Dom Smith, but for the most part, that's what's going to happen with Joe Musgrove. The curveball is dangerous. Slider, cutter, everything that he's got, but every now and then the off-speed stuff it does hang in there a little bit. So he's prone to those big one-shot type of games. He's the type of guy that might go like six innings and give up four runs, but it might be on one hit. You know what I mean? Or uh, That's a little bit of a bad example. Two hits and then it's a, a big home run that, you know, kind of allows the three runs to score or what have you, right? Like, he does not give up a lot of hits. He's been excellent. Um, And the last thing I want to mention also is, in terms of the game on Sunday, thank God that the Padres win this one. And behind the back of Chris Paddock, one of his best starts of the season, he goes six innings, giving up two runs on six hits, walking none. Very impressive. And striking out nine. His ERA on the year is 4.14. Chris Paddock, but a nice 1.16 whip, and most impressively, ever since he got off the COVID list, in seven starts, he has a 3.31 ERA in 35 and a third's innings, giving up multiple runs in just two innings, and opponents are batting 238 with runners in scoring positions, so he's battling and getting through starts. Chris Paddock, my biggest takeaway in terms of the positive from this weekend from the Padres... Very, he's approaching underrated status. Isn't that crazy? He goes from being the sheriff to being maybe a little bit overrated and all this stuff he gets absolutely torched last year to now being underrated. I say he's underrated in this respect. Because among the 4th or 5th starters in the league, I'd say he's the most underrated one. He's excellent. He's doing so, so good for the Padres. Fastball has a little bit more vertical movement. And while the changeup isn't quite as devastating as it was even last year, but especially his rookie season, uh, still, he's throwing the curveball more, 9.3%. He's having more confidence in that pitch. And just in general, seems a little bit more confident. So Chris Paddock, one of my biggest takeaways, and also in this game, Slam Diego returns. El Nino gets a grand slam in this game. I already mentioned the Manny Machado home run. That comes right after it. A little reminiscent of the Cardinals playoff game. uh, Game two last year where uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., they're down 6-2. They're not down in this game, but it's kind of a big moment, and he hits the grand slam, and then Manny Machado follows it up with a home run of his own. So that was really, really fun. Uh, Just unbelievable. Deserves a lot of praise, and like I said, the offense, I just it isn't good, but I genuinely, guys, this is, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to talk more about trade deadline targets for a while, I feel like that's going to be one of the common things for the next month or so, but this is a lot harder than last year, last year was a little obvious, last year it was like, get a starter if you can, just get someone to replace Kirby Yates since he's done, and Emilia Pagan hadn't been performing well, which was Trevor Rosenthal, that was obvious, and then get a bat, but nothing crazy, this year it's like, the bats that are struggling, you can't necessarily move them that easily. And there's a lot of guys on the market. People talk about Chris Bryant, which I've said ad nauseum on this podcast before. But with Tommy Fan performing a lot better, somewhat predictably so, do you really want to give up on that? Are you going to get that much an improvement? How much would the Cubs be asking? And also, are the Cubs even sellers anymore? Because I don't think they are. So that's what I'm saying, guys. That's that's my biggest impressions uh of the the weekend, and I'll just count them down one more time to make it nice and convenient for you guys. Uh, offense still among some of the worst in the league in terms of driving guys in from scoring position. Um, Tatis and Jay Cronenworth have been, and and Tommy Fam have been excellent for a very long time. And Fam especially needs more credit for that. He's been amazing, especially for all the crap that we gave him early on in the season. And then. Chris Paddock, one of the most underrated four-starters in the entire league. He's been awesome. Already read the stats of how good he's been ever since coming off COVID. And what I like, one of my biggest complaints about him last year, fastball is too straight. It's at least got a little bit more movement. And he's staying in games. He's not exploding like he would last year. So, love all that, guys. And now, let me talk about some other things that I love, guys. I want to talk about Built Bars, guys. They are the best-tasting protein bars around. All sorts of flavors from raspberry to coconut, almond, and they have limited-time flavors that pop up every once in a while. They're kind of like the Ben & Jerry's of protein bars, guys, seriously. And also, since they're protein bars, they are healthy for you. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. So, go to BuiltBar.com, guys. What are you waiting for? Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember, there's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. And now, guys, let me talk to you about BetOnline.ag, the best and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, you've got baseball season, but you've also got the NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. They've got you up to date on all the news, odds, and info that you need. Head to the website on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great stuff and contest information, bonuses, all that stuff. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, guys, we've been going really long, so let's just get right into it. Crossover with Paul Holden.
0: Enjoy! rock on rockies fans welcome back into the locked on rockies podcast and we are crossing over yet again division rivalry matchup going on here rockies padres and of course who better to talk padres baseball than the one the only the short-haired javier reyes we both got haircuts actually since the last yeah. time that we did the show we've both We've both trimmed it up. We've both become, uh, you know, the clean cut guys.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Look, it's so weird. I finally have stopped stopped doing the thing where I I lean. I mean, this is an audio, obviously, thing, but Paul could see. Like, I would go like this and like lean my neck backwards and like kind of scrunch up or whatever because that was the part that I really felt it the most you know like I I had like a practically a mullet just back there it was insane uh and this part is also fun too and I've enjoyed it but yeah it's it's been a, a crazy kind of a few weeks and whatnot but unfortunately the pirates are three and four since I got the haircut so do I have to blame myself I don't know man it's it's a interesting time right now
0: and i i clean i had a i had a wedding i do the thing with my because i wear a hat all the time and i always shake mm. my head and so it's like i keep taking my hat off to shake my hair and it's like well there's no hair to, to shake anymore and yeah, that's yeah. With the rockies record i have sensed haircut it's not that great i know it has I, <laughs> I think in general it's not very good is it no, <laughs> no. And in general it's not very good and they uh, are still they are still under six road wins as of recording this as they uh, fell to the marlins last night we're recording this uh the week prior to this uh, airing here but Give me the lowdown. What is the latest? I know that a weekend series is going to be played here before the uh, Rockies and Padres meet up. And before the, or after that, we chat here. But uh, what's the latest in uh, Padre land? Sounds like it's a little bit of a rocky road right now. No pun intended.
1: <laughs> hey, you should Hey, embrace the puns, I guess, man. Pun embrace the puns, I'm to, yeah, yeah.
0: revert pun intended. Uh, Well, yeah. So
1: we're recording this on a Friday. So I don't know how the Mets series will transpire. But they've got this big series against the Mets in New York. Uh, this past weekend, by the time people are done uh, listening to this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, they split the last series and it was fine. I mean, you basically lost the two of their best pitchers with Marcus Sherman and Jacob Demigod de on the mound. So, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that kind of. But it's, it's funny because the Padres offense has basically been. One of the more disappointing offenses in baseball this year, probably just in terms of total steam team statistics like, yeah, they've got their guys like Jake Cronenworth has been good. Obviously, El Nino has been phenomenal and he carried the team for a solid like two weeks like their offense really blew up Uh, but then basically after they had that Houston series you might have seen the highlights where he hit the game tying home run and just looked at it for a second blew up all over social media and then he comes back home and they're all excited they're swinging the, the swag chain and everything basically ever since then the Padres offense has been kind of pedestrian and I'm not saying that it's like atrocious, but by their standards, it should be a lot better. Guys like Machado are struggling guys like jerks and And then Trent Grisham isn't in the lineup. Hopefully he's going to be back soon. He just played um, the other day in triple a El Paso a game and he let off for them. So rehab assignment, he should be back soon. And the team sorely misses him. He'd been amazing. Something like a, I don't have the number right in front of me at the moment. I'll get it right now, but a batting average over 300. Oh, yeah. Odd base percentage at 383 slugging at 515. Absolute stud. He's one of the only things I think I've been right about so far this season, I could argue. But, um, yeah, despite the fact that all those things, though, they still have to hit better. And I'd even mention Hosmer and Myers, who I ranted a little bit about on the show yesterday. And not to imply anything, but I do feel like people oftentimes the Padres media, some Padres fans, they really like blaming everybody except those two. I mean, those two are struggling hard right now. Hosmer is back to being the Wizard of Haas, everything going on the ground. And Will Myers can't hit anything that's off speed and anything that's low and outside away from the plate. So they've been really, really bad. And they find their way to blame jerks and profar. Now, I'm going to throw hands if they start blaming Manny Machado next. Now, I know he's been bad. or He's been average. But still, I'm just... Guys, come on. It's Hosmer and Myers are the real big guys. And that's part of... I guess what the concern was heading into the season, which was those guys really broke out last year in a lot of way. Hosmer with the launch angle stuff, just becoming a home run guy all of a sudden, uh, like big time home run slugging guy. And then Myers just not striking out nearly as much. Hits like 280 slugging over 600 granted a small sample size, but he wasn't just hitting fastballs anymore. He was hitting all that off speed stuff. And this year it's been the opposite. So that was part of the concern is the Padres offense was so great but how much could it potentially regress if Hosmer and Myers go back to what they've been for most of their careers? Hosmer's super inconsistent and Myers just playing kind of bad for most of his career. So that's where the Padres are at right now, I guess, Paul.
0: So do they kind of get the, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but, but Hosmer and Myers, they've kind of been on the Padres for a while, haven't yeah. they? They've, mm-hmm. they've been part of that, that team for a while. Do, do they get the slide? Cause they're the, they're the vets. They're the, they're the people that have been there the longest.
1: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a vet thing for sure, especially because, well, actually, Will Myers is the longest-tenured Padre, which is freaking wild. Like, was at one point the highest-paid Padres player in history, um, which is just wild to, like, think about. And Hosmer, he's been there with the team for three years. Well, three and a half, I guess, if you count last year um, now. So, yeah, there is some veteran type of thing for them. But the thing with Hosmer is I've always, like, it's always a bad side when right when you give a guy a contract almost everyone university is like uh right okay okay i mean he had a career here with year with the royals his last time um his last season with them and then he comes to the padres and has been really poor and his offense and bat and the ground ball thing wouldn't be as much of a problem if i trusted him as a first baseman which i often don't i don't think he's very good i think that the gold gloves are a little bit of a farce in terms of Maybe maybe he deserved them, whatever. I don't know what the position was like back then. Maybe he was just the best of what was available. But in terms of just it, it, it makes people they don't realize, I think, you know, you, you when the Pirates are playing the team and I listen to other broadcasts, they play the Rangers, they play the the Cubs, even they play the Cardinals, whatever. They're like in gold glove, you know, Rare Hosmer makes a mistake there. And it's like, no, he's not good there, though. Like he that's <laughs> it's it's kind of a I'm not going to say lazy, but people forget. You know, what I mean, that that's that's just a weird circumstance that he has those gold gloves. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, it's just been it's been a little bit frustrating. But the crazy part is I just talked about all of those things. I just talked about all of the reasons they are struggling. There's still so many players that are playing good and they still hold a positive record at the time of this recording. Thirty seven, twenty seven. You could do a lot worse than that. Like, and not to cut, be mean, everybody, but that is team. it for part doing one too great right of my like discussion with Mr. Yeah. Paul Holden. I know, cut it off a little bit short, but don't worry, you'll be getting that tomorrow. And also, what you should be looking forward to, guys, is every new episode of the Lockdown Today podcast. It's really great. Talking, you know, can the Clippers follow in the Bucks' footsteps? That's the latest story going on. The Suns are in the Western Conference Finals, all that good stuff. When it comes to all your sporting news, Lockdown Today has you covered in under 20 minutes The most iconic host, Mr. Peter Bukowski, he updates you on the latest news in every major sport with all... Our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, guys. Tomorrow, going to be doing part two of my crossover with Paul, probably being the main uh, topic of tomorrow's podcast. That should be a whole lot of fun. And then going to be, you know, recapping whatever happens in tonight's game later on this week. Talking uh, a, a podcast question that I got in the Apple Podcast section, and maybe going to start going through my All Star kind of ballot. Maybe going to start. I don't know because there's a lot of content coming this week. Also, a crossover with Jeff Carr of Lockdown Reds, who has arguably more energy than myself. So that should be a whole firework display of awesomeness. So look forward to that, guys. But that all being said, though, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, whatever. Whatever you use. And also send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast, guys. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.